You know what? I think one of the the great the great treasures of scripture, but you know, my, my father was an East German atheist. So he was brought up, you know, brainwashed into atheism. And, uh, I remember him mocking me when, when I came to Christ and, and was given a Bible. And I, I just became a voracious reader because I was reading things that made sense and it made sense of the world around about me that nobody had ever taught me. And I thought, thank God these people spoke these words. You know, when I'm reading through Proverbs and I'm reading Solomon, um, you know, it's good for nothing, cries the buyer, but when he's gone his way, then he boasts. And, I, and I'm reading these, these things. I'm like, my God, that is so true. That makes sense. That's incredible. Thank God that there, that there was wisdom spoken, but then wisdom recorded. And then that wisdom passed on. Imagine... Dennis Prager has this incredible wisdom, but keeps it to himself. How, how lesser our lives would be. So I just want to say thank you, Dennis, for being you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for, thank you for the battles that you've fought, the things that you've processed from both heartache and then from, you know, life experience. Thank you. Well, God bless you. I, I just want to comment on one thing you said about your father being brainwashed into atheism in East Germany when it was obviously communist. But that's exactly what is happening here. You're, the kids in America and the West are brainwashed into atheism just as effect, more effectively, perhaps, than in East Germany. Because at least then people understood it's, it's evil people who are teaching us atheism. But here they think good people are teaching them atheism. So it's actually a more, more effective you, you believe in God, you're, you're, uh, you're mocked. If you, you know, we, we have 500 videos at PragerU with the five-minute videos. We have many, many things. My, my fireside chat with my bulldog and... Uh, Otto. Uh, Otto, I'm, I'm touched that you know. I will tell him. Uh, I, I will tell him. I, I can't say how much it will mean to him, but I will tell him. It, it means a lot to me. Let's put it that way. So, uh, anyway... The, uh, we have put out 500 of these five-minute videos. We put one out every week. They're on every subject other than the natural sciences. We're not going to teach you botany or physics, obviously, but they're on every subject. And some of them are very controversial. They, they, they touch on yeah. you know, uh, economics, politics, etc. Yeah. But you know what are attacked the most? Any video that we have that defends God or the Bible. Those are the most attacked. You could see it. Go, go put in Ten Commandments, Dennis Prager, because I, I have five minutes on each of the commandments. Uh, and, and please understand, I only do one out of ten of the videos. So I've done 50, but 450 have been done by others. But among those that I've done are on the Ten Commandments, five minutes per commandment. And you read the mockery. Uh, there are whole websites devoted to mocking me, which I, which I take as a compliment, by the way. I'm not joking, I do. Uh, but especially on the issue, the one that drives them the craziest is when I say, which is every atheist I've ever debated acknowledged it. If there's no God, there's no objective good and evil. That is not controversial. I, and I, I always go out of my way to say there were good atheists and there are bad religious people. I fully acknowledge that, it's a fact. But I'm not saying there can't be good atheists. 
I'm saying there is no objective good and evil. It doesn't exist. There are only opinions if there is no God. And, and, and for that, all you get is disdain and mockery, as if you have said something absurd. Absolutely incredible. Well, on that, uh, my first question here that I wanted to ask is, you're an incredibly successful author, wonderful radio uh, talk show host, but uh, Prager you, I, I don't know if there's been a, a greater tool that has helped us in this church uh, shape our discipleship, our empowering and our educating or, you know, uneducating them from a secular worldview into a biblical godly worldview than PragerU. The five-minute videos have, are so rich with content, but they are so brilliant. The way that you use graphics, put it in. Could, could you tell us what, what, what was it? You, you could have just been a great author and a great radio host speaker. What was it that, that, that compelled you to, to want to go to the next level flood YouTube and Prager you. Okay, I'll try to be brief because a very touching thing to me. So there are two answers. My, my dreams since high school and Alan Estrin. <laughs> Those are the two answers in no order of importance. Uh, I wrote when I was a junior and I, I always hesitate to say this because it sounds so corny, but I always take the risk. And uh, I wrote it, I, have, I still have the diary. My junior year in high school, I wrote, I know my life's mission, and that is to influence people to the good. Wow. And I haven't deviated a day in my life, but I always feared that I wouldn't get the word out to a lot of people. So my life's been dedicated wow. to that proposition. How do I get, I, I know I have answers. And, and, and the... They're, the answers are spectacularly simple. God wants us to be good. Right. I mean, I, I, it, if you really believe that, it's, it's transformative. Yeah. Yeah. And if you further it to the Ten Commandments, it's, it, it's slam dunk practically. Yeah. So I, I tried everything I could, and, and they, were, they were successful. I mean, writing and lecturing and radio. And then one day on the Indian Ocean, on a cruise with my listeners, I've had 25 of these cruises prior to the indefensible lockdowns. And uh, he walks over to me on the boat, says, Dennis, I have, a, I, I have a great way for you to get your ideas out to far more people. And I go, and of course, I go, what? He goes, Prager University. Now, most people who would have said that to me, I, thought, I would think they're joking. You know, university named after me, so to speak. Uh, but Alan Estrin hasn't told a joke in his life. <laughs> okay. yeah, he, that's why I call him on the air the living martyr. Uh, you must understand when Alan is in the studio or when Alan is not in the studio, it is identical. <laughs> If Alan were here, he would acknowledge that that is accurate. So people wonder, oh, you, so when you t say something funny, you, 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 see, you see Alan. I do see Alan, but I also see a wall. So I, you know, I, I thank God my, my engineer 
cracks up. So I, I, I have somebody who actually heard what I said. Alan hears it, but you have... So I, I, I say this not only with love, but with admiration. Al, Alan and I are personality-wise opposites, and we, we blend perfectly, perfectly. So uh, I, he's one of the people I think God sent into my life. I can't prove it. You, you, don't, you can't prove when God acts in your life. You can believe it, but you can't prove it, and that's fine. But he, anyway, it was his idea. And had you told me when we started, only 11 years ago, wow. you, if you said to me, you'll have a million views a year, I would have said, I know what I would have said, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> if you would have said you will have over a billion views a year, and most of them are under 35 years of age, I would have said, not from your mouth to God's ears, don't make fun of me. I would have thought you're just mocking the idea, but that's what we have. And, and if you would walk with me in any airport and see the young people who come over for selfies, and I'll tell you a very interesting, I know, I, am I talking too long? No, 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 I, 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 hey, no, 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 I'm not, I, I, it was a serious question. Okay, but I shouldn't have asked it, because what are you going to say, yes? All right, so yeah, okay. So it was silly of me to ask, I admit it. Okay, and, and anyway, if, a very interesting lesson I have learned from all the young people who come over for selfies. There is no predicting who will, or even not young people. So for example, just recently, okay, so I, everywhere I go, I rent a car because I, I love the independence. I love freedom. <laughs> and there is nothing freer than a rental car, okay? <laughs> nothing, nothing. I believe there should be a Liberty Bell and a Hertz rental car <laughs> sign. You with me? Yeah. No, no, there's no question about it. I, I, so anyway, so uh, where was I? I was in Dallas, uh, Chattanooga, and, and Atlanta the last four days. So in one of those cases, the, 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 the rental car bus driver, a black man, uh, you know, I ask him, you know, is it, is this, is this the one going to the rental car center? Yes, yes, have a seat, fine. Then in the middle of the ride, he goes, are you Dennis Prager? <laughs> he was mulling it over the whole time. Now, I, to be honest, I didn't expect it, I must say. Uh, so there is no predicting who will be touched. But here's another one, is a very big one. I'm an, I have not been in my life a tattoo fan. Okay, for the record. <laughs> however, however, I, I, while I'm still not a tattoo fan, I no longer judge anyone with tattoos at all. And I, I will tell you the number of heavily tattooed young people who come over to me and hug me and tell me how PragerU has changed their lives, it, it, it is something to see. This is my beautiful wife, by the way, 29 years yeah. married. <laughs> this is uh, Pastor Leanne. Hey, everyone. So, Dennis, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Actually, can I ask two? Okay. So the first one is this. You said, if the West believed in something, it would prevail overnight. 
but you can't beat bad faith with no faith. So in light of what's happening with the lockdowns, would you say this is, this is a crisis of courage because we lack the passion and the conviction here in the West? That's right. That's right. This, 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 uh, I don't allow myself to get depressed because you're of no use to anybody if you're depressed. And so I keep, I keep it my cheerful personality up for me, for my wife, for my kids, for my listeners, for, for my quote unquote fans. And, and, and it's for real. I'm not, I'm not an actor, but I, 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 I have to admit, I, I could get depressed when I think of the way just Australia, your, your hometown. Yeah. I mean, do you know, I, I calculated this cause I, I know the Soviet union extremely well. Uh, and I, I don't know if I mentioned, I, I studied Russian in order to read Pravda and, and went to the Soviet Union a few times. I'm telling you that uh, in some ways, the average Australian has had less rights this year than the average Soviet citizen. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a fact. That yeah. is not a, it's not a hunch. Soviet citizens could leave their homes. Soviet citizens could talk to people in the streets. Soviet citizens could take public transportation. Soviet citizens could go anywhere they wanted in their city. Uh, they could not leave their country. Australians cannot leave their country. And it's at New Zealand is pretty much the same thing. Canada is approaching that, and we may get there. Uh, but we won't get there without a fight. Right. And, and that's the thing. The, there, is, there has been, I wrote uh, in uh, April of last year, of last year, 2020, I, I, I tweeted out and got uh, quite uh, ridiculed for it, that there, the lockdowns around the world were the greatest mistake in world history. I, I made it clear, not the greatest evil. I mean, uh, obviously, but the greatest mistake in world history. I have been vindicated. They have been useless. They have been destructive. They have caused massive starvation and suffering in the third world. They have killed the businesses of untold numbers of people in the, in the first world and destroyed vast numbers of people's lives in, in the third world. And all in the name of lying science, not true science. There should have been, if you were, if you are very infirm or have comorbidities or very old or whatever it might be, you should have stayed home. That is very fair. And if you wanted those living with you to stay home, that's, that's a call that they could make. Otherwise, it has been not only useless, but I believe harmful. The best thing that could have happened is, like with any other virus, is the more people who get it, you treat them with therapeutics. This is the first time... This may be the first time in the history of, of, of disease that the medical profession came out against medicines to combat it. When, when I advocate ivermectin, I, I am, uh, I am uh, ridiculed as arguing for a horse dewormer. The fact that it is used for horses, so what? We give Otto, my dog, an antidepressant every so often. But antidepressants are used with people for good reason. All right, uh, and if you have an English bulldog, you know what I'm talking about, okay? You know, 
Okay, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't uh, belabor that point. Uh, by the way, I got to tell, I got a great funny story for you. You ready? So listen to this. So if you don't know, every week, and if you watch a few, you'll get hooked, you'll, you'll binge, I, I promise. My fireside chat. For exactly a, thank you. Again, only 27 applauded, but anyway. So I, I, I sit in my, in my own home, in my study, and, and, and Otto is here in his bed, and I'm here and I'm talking to the camera, totally spontaneous. There's nothing prepared, there's no teleprompter, and then questions from young people, mostly all over the world, which I then answer and say goodbye after 30 minutes. Last week, we rec I recorded it, I don't remember what day, it comes out on Thursdays. Last week, uh, at the 30 minute mark, I still hadn't finished, but Otto got up and left. <laughs> And I lost it. I, I must admit, the entire crew started cracking up. And I looked at the camera and go, the guy's paid for a half hour and, and, and leaves, and that's it. How could I be serious after the dog walks out on, at the 30-minute mark? <laughs> anyway, it's called the fireside chat. You'll get a big kick out of it. So the, the, what... Uh, uh, Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, vitamin D. Uh, Israel has just announced that it did a massive study with, uh, is my wife here? What is the name of the drug? Sue, are you here? What is the name of the one that Israel just, uh, do you remember? Remdesivir. No. no, remdesivir is extremely expensive. This, this thing costs 15 cents. Say it again. Phenofibrate. A 1970s drug. My wife, by the way, her middle name is Google. <laughs> you don't understand how much I cheat. <laughs> Having my wife, Alan Estrin, and others in my life uh, is uh, almost, a, almost a form of cheating. But anyway, yes, so uh, this is a massive study in Israel, and every, virtually every time they used it, the person didn't have to be hospitalized or could be released from the hospital. Uh, there were so many therapeutics available and the medical profession has, for reasons of corruption and cowardice, there is no medical reason, no defense of any doctor who would not prescribe this in the early stages of COVID. And by the way, I, uh, I put my mouth where my mouth is. And so I have been taking ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D and zinc for a year and a half, just so you'll know. We just had uh, Dr. Simone Gold here, and uh, yes, we're very close with her. She's she's a, she is courageous. She is yes. courageous. She is an a Esther, lioness. Yeah. Uh, a lioness, an Ariel. Um, and again, it's just so beautiful to see you know God's blessing and God's wisdom flowing through, and God's courage yeah. flowing through beautiful Jewish people. And uh, but she is when I talk to her, she is very very heartbroken, very grieved when she looks at Israel becoming the, the most vaccinated. Right. Uh, it bothers me, too. Uh, everything that I revered disappointed me in the last year. It's wow. true. Well, almost everything. America, Israel, that's correct. The Western world, the English-speaking world. 
You know, I'm supposed to speak in Red Deer, Canada this coming Saturday night, I, I, and I can't go because I'm not vaccinated. So Canada won't let me in. I, I, did, uh, I did get into Hungary because of special permission. Uh, uh, Tucker Carlson, you may have seen, was in Hungary. We were there together. He, same organization invited us. He spoke on Saturday. I spoke on Friday. And uh, uh, so I, I was allowed in. You'll get a big kick out of this. So uh, uh, <laughs> I'm a little self-conscious because this is truly puerile, which means childish. I'll say it anyway. I, I will go in any way, shape, or, or form to another country to add to my list. I am at 130. And when we were in Hungary, I said to my wife, the only two countries left in Europe are Macedonia and Slovakia. Slovakia boards Hungary. But I looked it up. You had to be vaccinated to get into Slovakia. So God sent this Catholic priest, 31-year-old, to this convention that I spoke to in Hungary of young people. And I said, you know, I'm really dying to get into Slovakia. <laughs> the guy, to, to his everlasting credit, on Archdiocese of Slovakia stationary, so that I could give this at the border to the guard, writes, Mr. and Mrs. Dennis Prager must attend the funeral of a family member in Slovakia. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm having that letter, which is in Slovak. I don't understand a word, but I'm having it laminated in my, I'm putting it up in my house. It is one of the treasures of my life to, 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 uh, to have had this. So th this guy thought as much about this rule as I did. And it's, again, he's a religious guy. He's a Catholic priest. And he's unbelievably honorable. Uh, but, but anyway, I, I must tell you, so... I accept all your condolences on the death of, of my beloved, my beloved cousin, whom I never met, uh, Dmitri Pregorovich. Uh, it, it, it was a painful day in Slovakia. Now we're just going to hope somebody dies in Macedonia, right? And then we can take Oh, yes. That, yes. Bless your soul. Yeah. That's, That's right. right. That's yeah. the only European Come country. Come on. Left. It's going to happen. If any of you know a Greek Orthodox priest in Macedonia, <laughs> send his name to me. That's right. Because I had another cousin in Macedonia who uh, also just passed away. It's very, right. very tragic. <laughs> So what would you say is the biggest obstacle a young person faces today and how should they overcome it? The biggest obstacle a young person uh, faces today and what was the end? And how would they overcome it? And how would they overcome it? Yeah. Well, the there, there are so many. Uh, I'll give you two that are related, uh, which makes me really feel bad for young Americans. They... The average young American is told your future is death and your past is evil. Wow. This is what the scummy left has done to young people yeah. in our society. They are child abusers, literally. Right. Masks on children is child abuse. Yeah. 
and and uh, it is. I grew up optimistic about the future. We, 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 when I grew up, we had nuclear war drills in our classes, which I, by the way, I remember. And it, you know, you, it's so clear you're just given a temperament. So I, I was blessed with the, with this temperament that you that you've seen today, and, and may know from before today. So I remember when we went under our desks, and I remember thinking, this desk. will help me if an atom bomb falls? <laughs> so I, I, I have, I, I, <laughs> I, I've always had apparently, because I was a kid then, I'm, I just have, you know, BS detectors built into me, <laughs> you know. So I went under my desk and, and basically checked out the girls who were under the desk too. <laughs> And I, I really like these drills. You know, that, they, there was an added bonus. But beyond that, it was, it was a joke. But, but we were optimistic. And we were proud of, of our American past, as we should be. As we should be. And they're told their past is vile and their future is vile by sick adults. Sick adults. Since, since th it's 30 years now that I've been told we have 12 years till, uh, till doomsday. There is no conservative who denies the world is getting warmer, but we deny that it's an existential threat to humanity. They're, they're sick with that and they tell this to kids and kids are now depressed yeah. over this. Do you know I did it, you should look this up, my, my column about two months ago. So I read comments on articles uh, that I read on the internet. I'm not, I'm not only interested in the column, I'm interested in what people write in. Yes, so there was a, a New York Times column on how the world is coming to an end, another one. So I was curious to read uh, the, uh, the comments of some new, uh, and they were all New York Times subscribers. You can't comment if you're not a subscriber. So this is not just any, anybody, it's just any, anybody who reads the New York Times. And uh, I, I started to note how many were writing that, they, that their son or daughter had decided not to have children and how proud they are of them that they will not have grandchildren because of, because of global warming. Do you know how sick you have to be? I'm proud of my child not giving me grandchildren because of global warming. Jews had children after the gas chambers. Right. And these spoiled brats yeah. won't have children because of global warming. So to answer you, the biggest obstacles are the lies about the American past and the hysteria about the world's future. About the American past, allow me a Bible phrase. Thank you. Okay, ready? <laughs> So, so the founders had slaves. Most of them did, correct? Okay. So in the eyes of the secular fools, which is almost redundant, in the eyes of the secular fools, that invalidates them as moral creatures. Right? That's what they say. Right. The fact that they founded the most moral country in history where blacks in the millions have moved voluntarily because it's the best place on earth for a black human to live. 
That's a fact, not an opinion. Ask almost anyone in Africa. Where would you like to live? Nigeria, Dahomey, Uganda, or America? Okay? And see what the answer will be. So blacks in Africa are either morons, which is what the left probably thinks, or they're brighter than all of the left whites in America. They know how good America is and want to come here and have come here. Anyway, how do you judge people in the past? There's a biblical answer. Rational Bible. Noah. <laughs> so there's a very fascinating statement about Noah, whom God saves, right? The world is evil. He saves just Noah and his family. So it says, Noah was a righteous man, and you would think that would be sufficient. But it doesn't say that. Noah was a righteous man in his generations. You judge people in their generations. That's what the left doesn't know to do. We do. Wow. Wow. What a thought. Wow. That, I mean, that's, that's so profound. You know, when, as, as we read through the scriptures, we, you know, we, we see that, you know, Hashem continually uh, told Israel to rehearse the past, to rehearse the Passover, to celebrate it every year, to, you know, when they, when they were crossing the Red Sea, take stones and Remember this when they when they crossed the, the Jordan and you know the priests went in with the ark and the Jordan opened up and then when they got to the other side set up a memorial stone and then you know take twelve stones one for each tribe and then t- teach these to your children and your children's children and and we see the you know the feast of tabernacles and the feast of weeks and these feasts and it was all celebrating their history and celebrating you know got their deliverance from slavery and tyranny and and the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God, even when they weren't faithful to him. And, and what's so beautiful is that there's a rehearsal of a good God and good historical moments. And what we're seeing that's, that's so evil today in our culture is the, the revisionists wanting to, to slander our, our God ordained past in America. Uh, You know, because we, we have to pastor people and take care of people and quite often that that involves getting into the middle of messes whether it's domestic or familial messes and one of the one of the psychological truths that we stand on is the greatest predictor of future behavior it, you know is past behavior that's that's the first thing we take into a, into account and so i just wanted to to kind of ask you looking back over the last century maybe the the centuries even preceding this Obviously, if, if we were to go back, a, a, you know, 90 years coming into Nazi Germany, there, there are many similar symptoms to what what, what's going on in the world today. When you look at the world and world events and meetings like this in not just here, but I, I think you, you, you said that you've been traveling the last few nights and speaking in other churches... What do you see happening? What do you see as the future of, of America? Do you see a, a courage rising? Do you see a fight rising? Of course I see a fight rising. And we have to fight. 
I hope it. I hope it's nonviolent. Mm. I've, uh, but I, I said that we're having a civil war 20 years ago. Wow. The left and right have nothing in common. That's right. Nothing. That's right. I can't think of a single value that we share. Okay, just I, I'm not happy about it. Liberals and conservatives share a lot of values. Liberals don't know it. The, the liberals are the big problem because they're the ones who elect the left. There aren't enough leftists to elect the, elect the left. Yeah. Jews vote uh, for Democrats, though the Democrats increasingly loathe Israel. And blacks vote for the Democrats, even though uh, uh, black Democrats run all of their cities. And uh, the number of blacks being killed is increasing uh, while they're yelling, while white liberals are yelling, defund the police. Right. And you talk about chaos. What could be more chaotic? You know that the notion that defunding the police fights crime is identical to men give birth yeah. and, and all of this other stuff. I mean, it, it's, it shows you how deep the brainwash is. This is the New York Times position. This is, this is their position. Police are the problem, not, not, not criminals, police. By the way, just for the record, George Floyd was not killed because he was black, just for the record. This was stated by the black attorney general, Democrat of Minnesota. It, that's why it wasn't even raised in trial that this was a racial issue. And yet we had vast amount of, of evil, uh, uh, violent demonstrations as if this was a function of racism. It had nothing to do with race. And they, the, the uh, Attorney General of Minnesota acknowledged that. Could look that up too. And, and it's worth Keith Ellison. Can't get more left than Keith Ellison. So, uh, yes, there are... They know there are plenty of us. They do know that. Whereas they don't know that in Canada, because there aren't plenty. There are, there are a lot. I mean, yeah. you know, it wasn't the landslide election for Trudeau. Uh, uh, so even in Canada, they're, they're, but the, the tradition of fighting is not a Canadian tradition. It's, it's, it isn't. I'm not saying it to mock the Canadians. It's okay to live in a boring country. In fact... <laughs> I would like to add something. It's a blessing to live in a boring country. I just want to say, there's an old Chinese curse and Yiddish curse. May you live in interesting times. So I don't say it negatively that it's a boring. May America have a boring decade. It's my great wish to America. Okay? It's too interesting what is happening. But, but uh, yes, there's fight. There's a lot of you. There's a lot of me. And, and just, just know that. But they don't report on us. And when they do, it's all in mockery, right? It's uh, that, or, or worse, I mean, you know, Larry Elder, who could wipe the floor intellectually with any black leftist or any white leftist, he is the face of white supremacy with his black face. I mean, th that, th and, and they believe it. You must understand the left believe their lies. They, in the beginning, they don't, but they say it enough and they end up believing it. You can watch on YouTube, me on Bill Maher's show, October of, right before the COVID, October 2019. I was on Bill Maher's show. And, he, and he, Kenny was talking about, I was the only conservative there, which I love, by the way. I, I get, I enjoy being booed. I enjoy being <laughs> laughed at. I have no issue. It is, it means, it, it's, it, I, I, I can have a great tuna melt while it's happening. So, <laughs> and anyway, so I'm on the show and he goes, oh, Trump is a liar. And I go, well, you know what? 
Trump is told no lies that compare to the left's lies. So they all start booing and screaming, which is, means I got him good. So anyway, so I say, he says, oh yeah, what do you mean? I said, well, for example, the left says that America is, the, is systemically racist. America is the least racist country in the history of, of, of multiple races living in a country. The other lie is men, men menstruate. And so Bill Maher starts cracking up. It was who the hell says men menstruate? What are you talking about, Dennis? This is, this is just two years ago. And he goes, what the hell are you talking about? Within two years, men menstruate went from a laugh line on Bill Maher to serious at universities and in the New York yeah. Times. Yeah. That's how fast they, their lies catch on as yeah. truths. So that's proof. It's a fascinating thing. So kids, I feel bad for them. And, and the way parents scare them, scared parents, despicable teachers are yeah. raising our children. What a combination. Teachers unions care about children as much as I care uh, about, I can't even think of an analogy. There's, I, I care more about cockroaches than the teachers unions <laughs> care about. By the way, I heard a good one. That's true. What is the, what is, Sue, do you remember the great line about cockroaches and the atom bomb? There is a great line. Sue, do you remember it? Okay, if Sue doesn't remember it, it didn't happen. So, okay, fine. Google there, there, Sue. There is a very funny line about, uh, oh, yes, yes. So one comedian, this is apropos of nothing, but it's important to laugh. So one comedian said, you know, uh, they say that in case of nuclear war, cockroaches will survive. So you got to wonder, what's in raid? That's a great question. I think that's very funny, actually. I just, <laughs> yes. You thought it was tepid, tepidly funny. I thought it was very funny. Okay. Yeah, good dad joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, oh, that. my so God. She said that was a good dad, dad joke. Yeah, good dad joke. <laughs> You got to pray for me, Dennis. You got to pray for me. Have you got? Have you got? Because I'm just looking at the time. We've maybe got time for one more. Okay, real quick. You mentioned Bill Maher. It takes some courage to be able to handle that level of heckling. I know you said you enjoy it, but for your average person who's getting intimidated daily and the pressure and the bullying and the name calling, and they've used shame as a weapon. So you stand up and you say, you stand in your convictions, you're called a hater, a bigot, a homophobe, an Islamophobe, a granny killer, whatever it may be. How, how are you so courageous? And what could you tell the rest of us? You ask great questions. Thank you. Uh, I, I, so let, let me... Uh... Let, let, I, I gave a speech at a synagogue uh, about three years ago, how to be courageous. I worked very hard on it because it's not an easy thing to answer. And you can get it, uh, this is not an ad, but the only place you can get it is the Prager store. I think it's $10, so, of which my, I don't even own the Prager store. So it doesn't matter. If you want to hear it, that's where you can hear it. It's the only reason I'm mentioning it. And uh, I worked very, it's the only time I gave it. Nobody else asked me to give that talk. And uh, I won't give you the talk. It was, it was, it was 45 minutes to an hour. But uh, I, I do want to answer this. This is really important. Uh, number one, the only way to be anything is to want to be it. Wow. 
it's unbelievable how simple what I just said is, but it's not simplistic. It is, I love simple, but I don't love simplistic. Basically, we are what we want to be. Wow. That's really the way it works out. So I, I give you a, a, an interesting example. Somebody said to me earlier uh, while I was uh, posing for pictures uh, and uh, said, you're a good man. And I said, I agree. <laughs> and and he, he, he found that interesting, and he should. It, it, it's an odd. It's, I, of course, I could just say thank you. I do believe I'm a good man. Yeah. I want to be a good man. I've worked my whole damn life on being a good man. So uh, I, I, most good people I know know they're good people. The problem is the bad people who think they're good people. That's, that's a serious problem. But okay. Anyway, you, if you want to be courageous, you, you, you will become courageous. That You have to want to be it. So here is a story. So remember I told you about this young woman, 21-year-old, who sat in for me? So this is a very powerful story. So uh, the first time she came on my show, I wanted her to come on and tell the story about how I and PragerU changed her life. And, and having the Harvard credential just helps. I admit it, I fully acknowledge it. That was fine, fine for me. So she's in the studio with me and, and Alan, and I, tell, I told her, because it's very important for me to do this, I said, I want you to know that uh, you will be hated for coming on my show. I just, you, you need to know that. You may even lose friends. Uh, so if you have second thoughts, please, I will, I will not think less of you, nothing. I totally get it. You're 21 years old. This is all new. So she said, all right, well, can I call my mother? which I found very touching that she had such a relationship with her mother. So she left the studio. I kept on with my show. She came back in the next break. I'm coming on the show. She came on the show, and about six months later, or I don't know, maybe, maybe less, but anyway, at a later date, I asked her what happened after you came on the show, and she said, I went through two weeks of hell, just as you said, I was attacked on Facebook. I went on this homophobe, Islamophobe, uh, bigoted, racist show, and uh, I, I, some people I know, I've known since elementary school have dropped me from their Facebook page. I went through two weeks of hell. I'll never forget the phrase. And then she said, pretty much all of a sudden, Life got really better. And, she, and, I, and I always say, I need examples. How? I said, okay, I'll tell you how. People I didn't know who were wonderful entered my life. Wow. My wife and I spoke to her for about an hour on the way down here. And because of the, the Harvard Crimson wanting to do a piece on her uh, for having appeared on my show. And I, she said, uh, I just want you to know, aside, in addition to that, here's another big deal. I sleep better than I ever did. <laughs> this is all true. 
You can't sleep well if you hide who you are. You can't sleep well if you walk around afraid. So the advantages of coming out of the closet as a conservative way outweigh the disadvantages.